back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horton and, and Matt Pascazzi. Thank you for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Be sure to check us out on our socials on Twitter at Icetime9899, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Uh, each episode will be released as of right now during the off-season uh, Tuesday morning, so as soon as you wake up, that episode will be out. We're going to continue our Metropolitan discussion, uh, expectations for this season. But first, we're going to talk about some interesting, juicy news that's been going around the league, which is kind of crazy that this <laughs> this insane stuff is happening in the off season. So I will shoot it over to Matt here. What is going on, everybody? So, yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about it on the last episode, actually, and we were kind of wondering, like, what was going to happen? It was, you know... The Mike Babcock's, the excuse me, Mike Babcock situation in Columbus, and we got our answer. Uh, he stepped down, so that was really short-lived. Uh, Pascal Vincent hopped in there as the new head coach. They got him through 2025. Uh, he's been in the organization for a couple of years, so he's familiar with the system. He actually runs their power play. Uh, he's also been coaching since 1994, so he's not a slouch by any means. But it's <laughs> it's just crazy that this guy Pascal Vincent was actually a candidacy like for a candidate for the vacancy of the head coach they end up going with Babcock that situation just blows up he steps down and now this guy gets hired anyway so (laughs) spit and chicklets guys were right I know we were kind of talking about it wondering like if they were blown out of proportion like what the real situation was if it was a generational thing but I think we kind of got our answer Babcock just didn't want to deal with the smoke it was just too much and here we are the Blue Jackets are uh, (laughs) not looking great for this year yeah, you know, it's just it's just so interesting to me because like at first, um, you know, it went all crazy and they were all talking about um the, the issues and how like they need to like the the uh, NHLPA needs to get involved and at first, you know, Babcock put out his response and Boone Jenner and Johnny uh, Gaudreau and they're like, "Oh no, no, no. It wasn't really anything like, you know, he just showed me pictures. I showed him pictures. It was no no problem." And then, you know, the NHLPA was like, "Okay. All right. Yeah, sounds good." But then a couple of days later, there's like they're like, wait a minute, no, no, I, I think, you know, the clearest report I can find is there was an incident where it was a younger player, and Mike Babcock had their phone for several minutes off site, and that's all there is to it. And I know that doesn't really help anybody kind of come to any. Actually, type I kind of did hear about that actually, though. I, it was like I, I, and. I mean, I could be wrong again. It, it, we really don't know kind of t- what to make of some of these reports and stuff. But w- I did see somewhere that someone said that happened with a player at like his house. I don't know if it was Mike Babcock's house or the player's house. But either way, that's kind of an uncomfortable scenario to be in. Uh, not even like in the office, in his office, on the rink, anything like that. Like just pro- in your own house or in his house. Like very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's an invasion of privacy. And especially, you know, uh, I've listened to other people talk about it like, and we talked about it ourselves too. Like the older players, you know, it's a generational thing. They're, they're kind of used to it. They they don't really see it as much of a, a problem or maybe like an invasion of privacy as much as some of these younger players who are like coming into the league and, 
you know, they're just like kind of unaware of how, how certain things work. Now, not trying to justify Mike Babcock being like, hey, can I see your phone and go through all your stuff yeah. in 10 minutes? But, <laughs> but you know, I, the fact that the, the older guys didn't really have a problem with it, whereas the younger players seem to have had a problem with it, um, I think that really tells uh, that, you know, when he, when Mike Babcock got uh, hired and he gave that little press conference about how he was learning how to connect with the younger generation, this, this, and that clearly was not the case. Clearly he did not <laughs> learn to yeah. connect with the younger. And, and the other thing is too, maybe it wasn't really all that big of a deal. And he just, him and the organization are like, yeah, look, there's just too much bad publicity. You need to step down. Either way, we'll never know probably the uh, the full thing, at least not for now. Maybe down the road we'll find out more. I- I'd be interesting to see like what he was really doing, what he was really looking for. But, uh, you know, I, I, maybe it's silver lining for uh, Columbus Blue Jacket fans because maybe you're like, yeah, well, Mike Babcock, you know, he's he's a very uh, structured coach. He's got a good winning record, but, you know, he's got a lot of bad publicity. I don't really know if I want him as my coach. Well, you know, now he's not. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, now you have a unproven head coach, but maybe, you know, maybe he'll come in and be the next uh, Mike Sullivan or something like that or John Cooper. You never know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still crazy. Still a crazy situation. Yeah, and either way, like even if it is a situation where he's just kind of stepping down to save face and just be like, hey, this is too much bad publicity, like you were saying, like we're just not going to deal with this kind of situation, it still isn't a good look just considering his history and kind of the reports that came out of this. So it, just a really funky scenario, especially if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Like that's not what you want to be seeing right before the season's starting. So kind of an unfortunate scenario. But, you know, the Rangers are in the Metro, so... Works out a little better for us. Not that the Blue Jackets <laughs> were going to be overly competitive anyway, but um, I guess we'll kind of segue into our next topic here. Uh, you know, I can wish Babcock the best in, in his future actions. Hopefully, you know, maybe he can make up for it later. But yeah, just a weird situation. Uh, so I'm actually going to shoot to you to start this one. You had brought this to me, actually. I wasn't even really uh, aware of kind of the whole entire situation going on. You, you sent me that clip about it. So yeah, I will uh, shoot over to you to intro on the next little topic here. Yeah, so basically, and I thought this was surprising. I didn't even realize this is now the second time. I mean, it makes a little more sense now due to age, but Steven Stamkos, um, I think undeniably most likely going to be a future uh, Hall of Fame candidate. For sure. Most likely in, you know, I mean, he's currently part of the 500 goal club. Um, He is having some disappointment and discomfort with Tampa's front office right now getting re-signed. So I have that clip here, so I'll play that real quick. To be honest, um, I've been disappointed in, in the lack of, of talk in that regard. So it was something that I expressed at the end of last year that I wanted to get something done before training camp started. Um, there haven't been any conversations. So. Okay, so yeah, so basically from that, um, you know, you can tell that, especially for someone like him, you know, he's the captain of the team. He's brought two cups um, to the organization. He's been to three with them. And uh, you can you can really hear just like the almost kind of like pain in his voice, just kind of kind of you know hard to really uh, listen to because it's, you know he's someone who's a very stoic, uh, leader driven you know player. Uh, he was a first overall pick back in two thousand eight. You know he's played one thousand and three games and he has one thousand uh, fifty six points, five hundred and fifteen goals, five hundred and forty one assists. So he's not a slouch. You know he's been he's been working extremely hard. He's been you know, really kicking some ass in the NHL. And to put in perspective, um, 
his last two seasons, uh, so the 2021-22 season, he had 81 games played, 42 goals, 64 assists for 106 points, and 2022-23 season last year, he had he played 81 games, 34 goals, 50 assists for 84 points. So, you know, he's a point-per-game player, which we've agreed in the past in the NHL, if you're point-per-game player, you can kind of just demand whatever money you want for the most part. Um, now, he is a little more f- on the fragile side. He has dealt with a lot of injuries yeah, in the past. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. And, um, you know, right now, currently, he carries an $8.5 million cap hit. And, you know, uh, building a dynasty like the Tampa Bay Lightning have done. It, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of negotiations. And uh, the, the Tampa Bay's GM, uh, he, uh, he he basically stated, you know, the typical GM answer where, uh, oh, you know, it's all about winning. It's about bringing more cups to the to the team. You know, we we need to see how he plays this season. You know, I'll make my decision. Yeah, he kept that. it very so, open. He kept it very open and he kept it very business-like, which makes sense. Um, you know, emotions aside, I, I, I have heard that Steven Stamkos, he um, expresses that he wants to play 20 years total. So that would be another, I think, four or five years that he would have to play. Hmm. And he's currently 33. So the problem is, you know, statistically, he's going to digress, most likely. Um, he may maintain that point per game pace, but his goal production might go down. He might be more prone to injury as he has in the past. Like you know, if, if he was young, when he was younger, he had those types of injuries. We you know, can only imagine when he's when he's older. And um, you know, it. I do understand why it's disappointing because you know, uh, Kucherov and uh, like Vasilevsky, they got signed a year before their deals. You know, came came up and, uh, you know, this is now the second time that Stamkos has yeah. had to deal with this. So before, when he was in his prime, they were like, eh, I don't know if we were going to keep it, which is honestly nuts. But, um, yeah, so I just wanted what you think about the whole situation. So it's, it is crazy, honestly, that the Lightning are doing this to him again, essentially. So on his last re-sign, he took a hometown discount. I mean, it's kind of funny to say that eight and a half mil is a hometown discount, but he did take a little less. Uh, they They kind of did one of those, like, spread it out over eight years kind of things. I don't actually know if it was eight years, but I know it was a longer deal. And uh, we're sitting here now in a situ- like a similar situation. And like you said, they have signed guys to those longer extensions like Kutrov and Vasilevsky. They also have uh, Sergachev, Point, and Hedman who are, you know, the five of them, Kutrov, Vasilevsky, Sergachev, Point, and Hedman are responsible for 45 mil of the cap right now. And then recently they extended... A few of the younger players like Anthony Sorelli, Eric Chernak, and uh, Brandon Hagel. So if you take those players, that's 75 mil of their cap right there. So I like it as crazy as it is, excuse me, as crazy as it is, it's like where's the space going to come from to keep Stamkos there next year? Like I, I, he, I'm looking at that situation and I don't want to believe that he's going to be out the door, right? Like he's been there. He's been an anchor. He's been their captain for years. Uh, he's a proven winner, champion, right? All those things. I mean, also just a good dude. I mean, you never hear anything bad about Steven Stamkos, right? And when he gets mm-hmm. hurt, you're sitting here like, oh my God, again? Like you're upset because he's just such a good player and he put, like he gives you so much and he just gives your team and your organization so much. So it's crazy that we're having this conversation. But I look at him and he kind of seems like one of those guys that might be maybe getting dealt around the deadline. I don't know. 
I yeah yeah right yeah. like that that's just kind of how it that's looks what I was like thinking it might too. be shaking out. It's crazy to be saying that he might be going to a team like the Bruins or the Canes or the Avs. Oh my god, maybe the Leafs, like something like that. But that's a very real possibility, and I don't know. It, it's just it's insane. I mean, we'll see how it kind of shakes out, but I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards that than anything right now. Yeah, no, I I I think that might. I was thinking the same thing too, because you know he probably wait to the deadline while his value is still up. Because I think the problem is, um, with his pedigree and his still proven point per game pace, it's not. Um, he doesn't have a problem getting the amount of money. You know, he can kind of demand whatever money he wants. The problem is the, is the length of his contract. Um, most people, including the Lightning, probably don't want to give him more than like probably two to three years you know because they don't want to give him another five to six year deal with a, a decently high cap hit that's just going to hurt them because true you know who's who's to say two years from now he completely falls apart with age and you know then now they're stuck paying him all that money so um you know it's tough i i, I do feel bad for him because he's given that organization everything and you would think he get a little more respect, or at least maybe they could say like, "Hey, Steve, like, you know, we love you, this and that, but I'm sure you understand better than anybody. Like, this is a business. We want to keep winning. We ha- we still have like a lot of good pieces. Um, what can we do to keep you here without breaking the bank or something like that? But to just to completely just like not even discuss it with him is it's kind of crazy, kind of a little disrespectful. Um, but you know, again, at the end of the day, it's business. So yeah, and that's that's kind of what we're seeing here and probably what we will see coming towards this you know it's also easier closer to the deadline he has less salary remaining so that eight and a half you know at the trade deadline is more like a you know four to five mil somewhere in that range so if they go to move him you get one team involved and you retain some of the contract they retain some maybe you don't even need the other team depending on your cap situation but like it, it looks a lot more realistic to move him kind of like one of those deadline acquisitions so it's just another like kind of finger pointing in that direction but we'll see just kind of a crazy scenario. And then, uh, you know, lastly, before we get into the Metro here, there's just one other player who was in a similar situation asking for more. I mean, not very similar because he's 22 years old, Trevor Zegers in Anaheim. Uh, Supposedly, Mm -hmm. they agreed on a three-year bridge deal. So right now, he's still in RFA. Uh, Apparently, like I said, they agreed on three years, but they are going back and forth over the AAV right now. Uh, Apparently, or supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is kind of what's floating around online right now is that he was offered a contract somewhere in the three to four mil a year range. And they're kind of debating on that. Uh, they have like 16 mil in cap space. So I really think this is a deal where they're on like four or five mil. What the heck? But, you know, I know you were kind of not agreeing with the three, four hit, but saying like he, he doesn't, he can't really demand much more at this point, which is also a fair point. So just kind of your, your quick take on that before we get into the Metro. Oh yeah, uh, you know he's, he's definitely an electric player. He's definitely got that like spunky young guy attitude, which I think the NHL wants to market. And it, you know, as annoying as it can be, I, I do agree. Like it's gonna get people into the game, um, and I think that's what gives him a little bit of an inflated ego in terms of his contract negotiations. Um, you know, recent season, eighty-one games played, sixty-five points, twenty-three goals, forty-two assists. It's good. You know, it's good, but. Um, you know, defensively, he's he's not great. You know, he, he really needs to work on his defensive end in the game, um, his attitude as well, uh, his finishing. Um, you know, the Michigan's cool and spinning your stick around, uh, you know, at a, at a 360 degree angle and, and getting some like weird angle shot is also cool. But 
you know, the team wants to win. They want to slowly build up. You know, they're, they're in a rebuild right now. So, um, which is kind of crazy that, uh, you know, they do have that large amount of cap space. But because my thought is like, you know, what, what are they waiting for? Like, are they, do they have something on the horizon? Like some crazy veterans? Like, that's, yeah. Did they see the Steven I mean, Stamkos right? thing? <laughs> did they see the Steven Stamkos thing? They're like, oh, we're going to get Steven Stamkos here. He's going to help us win. Like, it just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, right? Like, it, um, just sign the kid. Yeah. But I don't know. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, um, you know, he, the players have every right to get the money that they think they deserve. But sometimes, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes, uh, you know, we see with like other players like um, Tyler Mott with the I, Rangers. Dude, I was you know, just he, thinking of that example too. I mean, a yeah. much less money and a totally different role in the organization. But different I role. Like, yeah, I thought of that immediately. Yeah, but it was like another person who thought they were they were worth more, and they got humbled and took a smaller paycheck. Now, um, obviously, he's more of a role player compared to Zegris as an offensive uh, star, as he's toted as. But um, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. Um, something's got to get done, of course. You know, preseason started today as we're recording this, so uh, I'm sure something will get resolved. And if not, then he'll set out, and which is. Which would be a terrible thing. Oh my god, should be such that. a shame. Be I can't that'd imagine be a detrimental that to though, his right? career. Like, that'd just be crazy. Yeah, it would be. But yeah, we'll see. I'm sure Ducks fans are interested to see what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, on that note, I think we'll. Uh, I know I'm. I'm excited to get into the Metro here. I imagine you are as well. Uh, I guess I'll just kick it off with the first team here. So I mean, uh, we like the way you know, like we've been doing the past few episodes here. We've already covered the uh, Pacific and the Central. We're looking at the three to five players on each team that we think have kind of the highest expectations on them, the most pressure on them, uh, whether it's like a recent free agency signing, somebody that just signed a new big deal, a younger player looking for a bridge, somebody in a contract year, like whatever it may be. I'm especially, excuse me, especially excited for this one because the Rangers in the Metro, baby. So we're going to start with <laughs> the team that finished atop the Metro last season, the Carolina Hurricanes. I'd imagine we probably have the same few players here, but. Um, starting off with Sebastian Ajo, 67 points in 75 games, playing on the top line, playing power play minutes. I mean, if the team is going to succeed, he's kind of the cog in the machine in their end, you know, in their offense. Uh, just so much production out of him and just such a good young player. A lot of fun to watch, honestly. So if he can play a full 80 game, you know, 82 games or even just more than that, 75, like you never want to see him like out. Not that he missed a ton of games, but 82 games, ton of production from him. I have him right at the top of the list. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I I have uh, Sebastian Ajo up top as well. You know, he just got paid. Um, you know, he's he's a great offensive force for them. He's exciting to watch. A little underrated too, I think. But now that he got this big new contract, he's gonna have a little more eyes on him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also have on here, um, which I'm sure you do. I think anybody would. Um, Andres uh, Svechnikov, of course. Uh, you know, he has that. Hit that unfortunate ACL tear, but hopefully he's uh, he's rebounding from that. He missed all. The, he he would have helped him a lot in the playoffs. But oh uh, wait, what am I doing? I'm supposed yeah, to another. Run all my, oh my god, I'm I just realized I was supposed to run through mine and then shoot back to you. That's why you paused before. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was just gonna keep going with it, you know. But well, we are recording wanna... separate tonight, everybody. This is our first time recording separate. We so are. Just apologies for the little hiccup. I guess I didn't have to point it out, but I just realized I was like, oh, silly, because I had snapped it <laughs> too. I was like, oh my god, why didn't I just say that? Literally, I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, this. Got... Like uh, it was quiet. And I was like, I was like, okay, so um, Sebastian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, continue. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll finish out, and then I'll touch on the rest of the line. Okay, yeah. 
Um, yeah, great young offensive force, uh, 23 years old. Uh, pretty incredible stuff from him uh, in the limited games he's been playing with his uh, his injury issues. Uh, then I, of course, have the legendary Brent Burns. Uh, incredible that at his age he's still playing at the level he is. It's, it's actually nuts. He's 38 years old. <laughs> And he put up 61 points as a defensive man. You know, the reason I put him on here is even though he's older, you might not expect as much. It's like he's still that insane veteran uh, presence. So he's uh, he's definitely going to be be seen at the top. And then my final thing I put here is uh, I just put like the goalie tandem uh, between Federic uh, Anderson and uh, Antti Ranta because, um, you know, looking at the like uh, Anderson played 34 games, Ranta played 27 games. So they're pretty close in what they played in this in terms of splitting the workload and uh Anderson had a 2.48 GAA and Ranta had a 2.23 so they're pretty similar in terms of uh you know stats a 0.903 save percentage and a 0.91 between the two uh both with winning records 21 and 11 19 and, and 3 so there's a lot of expectation of them to keep that up you know keep that workload shifted and you know ho- hopefully not having a one of the backups, you know, kind of just fall apart, and then more of the workload goes on on the other. True, and it's like with a goalie tandem, there's always the question of like, what if, if somebody kind of goes on a streak? Like, do you just keep playing them? Do you keep playing them? Do you kind of stay true to the tandem and keep playing them back and forth and kind of see if that breeds like better competition? So I'm never a big fan of the goalie tandem. I appreciate that in New York we had Hank for so long, and now we have Shesty. But uh, that was interesting you threw that up there. I actually didn't have either of the goalies. Um, I did also have Shmechnikov. You know, he's making 7.75 mil through 2029. The story with him is obviously the injury history. So coming back from injury, uh, you know, hopefully going to play here a full season, stay healthy, and just be a, you know, just a monster for them offensively. Just a, a, you know, a great player, really good goal scorer. I also to round out my you know my players for this i had two recent free agency acquisitions so i had dimitri orlov they brought him in for a three-year contract at 7.75 mil and he had 36 points in 66 games last year so no slouch as a you know a little bit of a more offensive defenseman but still a veteran guy who's going to give you just great minutes he's going to be probably on that top pair with brent burns so it'll be really interesting to see kind of how they gel and what kind of numbers they can put up together as well and then the other free agent they brought in i do have michael bunting just because I think he's going to be getting a lot of minutes there. He's going to be getting top six minutes. Uh, he did have 49 points in 82 games last year. So no slouch by any means. A good young player with a lot of potential getting top six minutes. I think that he has a lot of potential there. And there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, uh, you know, given, I think, the increased role he's going to get there. But, yeah, I don't know if you had any uh, kind of closing thoughts on the Hurricanes. But I think they're going to be a really good team. I, I imagine it's going to be them and the Devils for the one-two spot. I mean, as much as I hate to say that, we've kind of echoed that through a few episodes here yeah. in preseason, but it does look like they're probably going to be a top, if not you know, second. Yeah, there's such an efficiently run organization too, which I really envy. They really have a... Um, not to say that the Rangers are completely uh, you know, not run well, but it, it's been a struggle for a while. I feel like now, finally, with like Drury in place, you know, they have a, a nice front office, but it's crazy to see the Hurricanes' efficiency, because um, you know they finished fifty-two wins and uh, twenty-one losses, hundred thirteen points. So yeah, I'd, I'd say they finished top three, if not number one. Yeah, I think that's that's honestly where they're going to end up. And also, their coach, just Brendan Moore, is just such a good coach. The system he has in place there is just solid, and he everybody is. buys in. I mean, it's crazy when I was looking at the stats. Besides, I mean, Aho, they don't really have 
And obviously, Sveshnikov, if he played a whole season, he would have a lot more production. But they didn't have guys putting up like 70, 80, 90 points. But what they did have was depth scoring. I mean, they had multiple guys depth that scoring. had 30 to 40 to 50 points. So that's what also, they kind of hold their hat on. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you've seen, but Rob Brendamore is, uh, he's jacked. Oh, dude. Yeah, Rob the Bob. <laughs> He is, yeah, that is for sure. I saw the video of him giving a speech. And he was like clutching this water bottle, water bottle, like he was gonna pulverize it into dust. I was like, "Holy crap!" It's like the dumbbells he's just like shredding on the weekends. Yeah, he looked like he was bursting out of his shirt. I was like, "No wonder why they have 113 points." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we'll move on to the other than the New Jersey Devils in the second spot here, who shocked everybody last season. Having an insane breakout efficiency, uh, uh, you know, se- season Lindy Ruff, I'm sure, was very, very proud. 52 wins, 22 losses, 112 points. Um, yeah, they they shocked a lot of people because they were they were they were pretty they rough. Had that uh, part of it was too. Yeah, yeah. Part of it was, um, you know, the Jack Hughes just really stepping into the player that they expected him to be, um, which. Hopefully, will uh, you know happen with another team in, in the Metro with some high draft picks, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah, in, in a little oh, bit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so of course, number one person I have on here is uh, good old Jack Hughes, twenty two years old, um, played seventy eight games, ninety nine points, uh, crazy. He was uh, one point away from his first ever. 100-point season in the NHL, absolute incre- absolutely insane achievement. He was a 1.27 point per game pace. Um, so, obviously, uh, you know, if he has a depressing regression season this year, that would be shocking. And I think a lot of Devil fans would be very disappointed, um, which leads me to his buddy, another high draft pick, Nico Heischer, of course, the captain. So there's always that pressure on there. And he also had a uh, a point nine nine point per game pace, 80, 80 points in eighty one games played. Um, you know, having those two first overall picks kind of lead the way for the team, I think, is very important. Um, I have uh, on here Tyler Toffoli as well because you know they just you know they just picked him up. Uh, he's a pretty pretty solid player. You know, he had seventy three points last year, eighty two games played. Um, I expect more or less the same at a third from a thirty one year old uh, right winger. Um, he's, he's only going to add more depth to their, to their team, unless there's like some crazy chemistry problems. Um, and then I have Timo Meyer on here cause he just got an insane deal. Uh, I, I'm surprised that they signed him for as long as they did also. Cause I, I honestly felt from the eye test when they did get him in the trade, uh, deadline, I, I felt like he was kind of lackluster. I didn't really feel like he was ex- as explosive as they thought he was going to be, which is why I was kind of shocked. They gave him this massive contract, which is why... In turn, I have him on this list because if he is just as lackluster for an entire season, um, you know, maybe he gets a pass because he was, you know, just taken from a trade deadline, you know, didn't really mend with the lines as much, didn't really get the opportunities. But now with the full season, full off season practicing, you know, there's definitely a lot, um, definitely a lot of uh, <laughs> eyes on him. And then finally, which will be a massive indication of their success, is uh, Akira Schmid, who for some reason, in the playoffs became, uh, you know, Mart, Martin Brodeur on steroids. Uh, he, was <laughs> yeah. a, he was a literal brick wall, and I, I was actually stunned watching him play. So the pressures on him to prove that that wasn't just like a playoff pressure thing, and he just kind of, you know, had a, a crazy run. And 
uh, he has to prove that he can do that for a 40 game stretch. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my list here. I had literally everybody the same as you, except I did have Dougie Hamilton instead of mm. Nico Heischer. Totally understand the the pressure on Heischer, though, especially just being the captain. But I, he, he's so weird because he's one of those players that gives you all the intangibles and he just, he means so much to that lineup for kind of what he gives them. Like, you know, he's one of those guys that just the engine just always is going. He's just always giving you everything he has. And, you know, other players see that and they kind of model their play after that. So he's giving you all those intangibles and things. So I, you know, there's always that expectation on him, especially being the captain. But I guess I kind of just wasn't even really considering him in that. And it's, it's crazy because he's so underrated that I was literally like, I missed him. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I did have Dougie Hamilton in there just because he's, kind of it just puts up great great numbers there playing d you know 74 points last year 22 goals in 82 games uh top defenseman in this league one of the better defensemen you'll you'll play against especially in terms of offensive potential so that's the reason i had him on there but yeah jack hughes it'd be crazy just to see what he does this year after you know an awesome year he had last year uh tyler Toffoli is a ufa after this year so he's kind of playing for a contract i mean a lot older you know he's going to be what probably 32 by the time he's getting this contract, if he's not, you know, 31, 32, somewhere in that range, right? So what that contract will look like, how long, if it's just one and two year deals until he retires at this point, we'll see. But uh, also, of course, Meyer with that huge contract, uh, he's going to be 34 at the end of those eight years. So uh, I, how, how does eight and 8.8 mil going to somebody that old look? And are they still playing up to par? We'll see. But yeah, lastly, just Schmied. Uh, just so sad watching how good he played against us in the playoffs, honestly. Just out of nowhere, just destroyed yeah. us. Like, we just could get nothing past him. So I would imagine I that know. he's going to have a, a bigger role there this season and probably be a part of what will likely be a very successful hockey team, either topping the Metro or getting the second spot in the Metro, uh, if not topping the Canes. But, you know, that's a tough ask. So unfortunately, I do think they are going to be a combo of one and two in the Metro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, top three definitely easily. Um, I'd be shocked. They'd have to have a complete, uh, you know, just disastrous fall apart for that to happen. Um, yeah, I think Devils fans are excited. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I'm excited to keep the rivalry up between the Rangers and the Devils. It's nice to kind of get that fiery, fiery spirit back, which leads yeah, us to none yeah. other than the New York Rangers. We finished third in the Metro last year, 47 wins, 22 losses, 107 points. I am hoping they can crack the 50 win mark. That would be incredible. Um, so, yes, we are a NHL podcast. We are a, you know, unbiased uh, <laughs> a pair. You know, we, we go through every team. We try our um, best. But, of course, this uh, <laughs> we try our best. But for disclaimer, this is our favorite team. So... Um, you might hear us rant a little more about them more than others from time to time. Hopefully you're okay with that. Um, you know, but we're not going to give it any like extra, extra crazy love, but it's going to be a little bit. So, um, I'm going to try and not get too heated about this one, but so who it is, I got him at the top of my list too. (laughs) I know. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go backwards on my list though. So first I'm going to go with Jacob Truba. Now I've grown to love Truba a little more. Um, I think I was just, I was really angry that he got the captaincy over Kreider at first, but you know, it, the players do vote on it. You know, it's not like he just like waltzed in and like pushed Kreider into the locker and said, Hey man, like I'm the captain, like get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, and maybe Kreider prefers to be the alternate captain, this and that, but, uh, you know, 
I'm also just more angry at the contract that that Jeff Gordon gave him. It just kind of didn't really make sense the 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 AAV for that because it kind of just hurts re-signings for so many amazing players that are coming up with a contract need soon. And he has but, the no um, movement clause in there too, also. And the no movement help. clause, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, so I I put him on here because a. Um, this is his second year as a captain. You know, you, you're going to expect that same leadership, if not better, um, especially after that lackluster playoff performance um, and complete dismantling. Uh, he was kind of instrumental, I'd say, in getting the coaching uh, staff changed and getting Gerard Gallant uh, removed. Um, he kind of did speak for the players in that manner in a professional way, which I, I appreciated, which is what kind of made me like uh, like him a little more than I did before. Um, but you know, you're going to expect the same hits from him, the same block shots from him. You know, you're not, you're not really going to expect a lot of points. It'd be nice, but that's not, that's not really what you're getting with him. Um, so, and then of course I have to put Igor Shosturkin on here. Uh, it goes without saying he's an incredible goaltender, but, uh, you know, if he, uh, if he doesn't play up to par, the team, the team really, really suffers like that April stretch we saw last season where he was kind of getting worn down, needed a little extra rest, and he was let like four goals a game, and that was I was biting my nails. That that sucked. Um, so, of course, he goes on there without saying. And then I just have two more. Um, you know, I don't have Mika on here because I think he's really in his strides. Hopefully he, he's okay with the upper body injury that was reported at uh, a scrimmage. I think it might just have been a stick to the face, so he's probably just taking it easy. Um, and I'm not going to put Artemi Panarin on here because, you know, he's a consistent point-per-game player, um, you know, Obviously, nobody knows more than him how much he, you know, didn't perform in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying he's one of the top twenty players in the league. I don't need to, I don't need to throw him on here mm, because, yeah. um, with all the hope that this New York franchise has to to even come close to winning a Stanley Cup for the first time in thirty something years, almost thirty years, um, is for their high draft picks to perform at that high draft pick uh, pedigree, which is why I have uh, Kako Kapo here. Um, you know, he had 40 points last year, uh, which is not great for a second overall pick. Uh, 18 goals, 22 assists. Now, this was his first full season. You know, he dealt with injuries and the COVID and sickness, blah, 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 this and that. So this was his first full season. Uh, he, you know, he only averaged 15 minutes of ice time. Um, you know, he's got a lot of great intangibles. He's a tough player. His shot's just not really great and he can't really finish. Um, so if, I feel like if he can get that ripping, you know, he, he's going to be, he's going to really, really be, really be good. And, and the other reason he's on this list is because he needs a new contract at the end of the season. And, you know, right after him, it's going to be Igor and, and you know he's hmm. gonna get a lot of money, so yeah. he's really got to show this season that, you know, like if he finishes this season with like forty-five points, fifty points, like I don't know, it's not looking good. And which leads me to none other than the two thousand twenty first overall pick, Alexi <laughs> Lafreniere. I I don't want to hate Alexi Lafreniere. I don't want to be disappointed by him, but he makes it hard not to be. Um, you know, again. Uh, which is actually kind of funny here on Cap Friendly now. Before he was only listed as a left winger, but since that interview where he said like, "Oh, I can play right wing," like I'm open to it. Now he's listed as a left wing and a right wing, which is kind of interesting. That was fast. They don't they don't fool around. I love this website, but yeah, 81 games played, uh, 16 goals, which is not awesome. 23 assists, which is 
also not awesome, and 39 points, which is even more not awesome from a first overall pick, especially when you see the third overall pick, Tim Stutzel, absolutely exploding on the, on the scene and, and getting you know, 90-something points. Um, even in the preseason, I just saw him do some crazy stuff. So um, he, of course, has a lot of uh, pressure because he, he's the first overall pick. You know, when you get the first overall pick, that's supposed to be like your ticket to uh, your franchise just hoisting the cup or at least getting close to hoisting the cup. And we've seen it before. The Penguins with Sidney Crosby, the Capitals with um, Ovechkin, the Lightning with Steven Stamkos, maybe eventually the Oilers with McDavid, maybe the Maple Leafs with Matthews. But at least those guys are still putting up insane points so far. You know, again, Alexi Lafreniere, 15 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time, limited ice time. He's, he's got some mm-hmm. roadblocks. But at the same time, as as much as we want to make excuses for him and also just, you know, uh, some understandable circumstances in his way, there is a level of, like, we got to see it. There's a level of we got to see, like, this first overall pick a reason. Like, you know, like we went over in one episode – like there's a reason he was the unanimous first overall pick. Any team True. was gonna pick him if they got the draft. Like it wasn't like he was just like, uh, okay, like I guess we'll take him first. Like he he blew up the scene in juniors. So I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's just a weak draft class, which it kind of is as we've seen so far. But um, you know, another thing is too. I've seen I've heard people say like this is potentially the this could be the last year for Kako and Alexi Lafreniere on the Rangers because the thing is. You know, Kako will need a new deal. They might not want to re-sign him to another bridge deal because he kind of can't. He's going to want a long-term contract. And then also, um, Alexi Lafreniere just signed his bridge deal, which is a very cheap bridge deal, cheapest in first overall pick history. And, uh, you know, there's thoughts that maybe this trade deadline he could be moved or at the end of the year he could be moved while he still has some inkling of value for trade value. True. Maybe like a second-round pick or something like that. So. I know that was long-winded, but uh, I'm sure you'll have something to well, say too. But yeah, that's it's the Rangers. That's baby. my team. I mean, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you. I am wearing my Lafreniere jersey right now. Actually, I did. I brought it out. <laughs> I brought it out for the pod. I would, <laughs> oh, have, nice. would imagine you have something on Rangers themed. I actually have my Hartford Whalers hat on. Ah, so okay, no. too sure, too sure. <laughs> Fair enough. It's pretty close. But uh, yeah. So interestingly, or, or I guess not even really interestingly, expectedly, I do have Shesty on here. Uh, just. And I guess I'm kind of going a little bit out of order here, but he is kind of towards the bottom of my list. So I'm kind of also reshuffling this as I'm thinking about it. I mean, just, I don't even know. There's just so many expectations, so many guys I, we really need to see succeed this year. My head is kind of spinning looking at this team and just waiting for the season to start. But I will start off here with Shesty. I had a little bit of a drop off towards the end of the season. I know we were like going crazy in April just with how inconsistent he was, but he's the key to our success. I mean, he still had a great year. And I think that we're going to see him kind of come back here and just have a monster season. Uh, so hopefully we can see that kind of consistency from him. And I also think that getting Jonathan Quick in there as the backup, like can't really hurt Shesterkin in this case, just because considering like the all of the knowledge and just the winning pedigree that Jonathan Quick has, if he can kind of impart any of that experience and wisdom and knowledge onto Shesterkin and make him any bit better than he already is, then that would just be amazing. So... I think that's that's a really good situation there for our and of course our amazing goalie coach Benoit Allaire as well. Our goaltending has just been incredible. So Shesty right there, of course. And I actually did have Panarin on my list. 
uh, just because he did the bald, the bald move here. He went bald in the offseason. <laughs> and I he think did. that there was especially like a spotlight on him towards the end of the season, but especially in the playoffs, just with how many times he turned over the puck. And I know that he's a playmaker. Yeah. Like he's renowned for his, yeah. his passing and the assist that he's going to provide you. That's kind of where most of his points come from, right? He's not the big goal scorer. He's going to give you incredible passing plays, playmaking ability every time he touches the ice, right? So he, he gives away the puck more than the average player because he's always looking for you know kind of the big play. And a lot of times he makes it work, but sometimes he doesn't, right? But last year, yeah. it was just crazy. I mean, especially in the playoffs. He was just, I, I, actually, it's kind of weird because I think Keandre Miller actually led the team in turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, but I would imagine that Panarin's up there. And so that's kind of why I have him yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah. Just, he needs yeah, to. He's got to clean that up. Exactly. If he, can, if he can just get those turnovers down just a little bit, that's going to look a lot better for us in the neutral zone, getting the puck up the ice, getting set up in the offensive zone, and would just kind of help him yeah. be more consistent, right? So, I, you know, it is why yeah. I have him on here. And then they, they did ask. Uh, sorry, as a quick yeah. thing that I think you find is funny is uh, they asked Igor what he thought about Panarin's uh, haircut, uh, you know, idea, and he gave a one uh, a quick little response, and he said, "I cried." Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I mean, the, but, yeah. w- when you first sent that to me, like early, because it was pretty early in the off season, uh, when you sent that to me, I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, I, I think it was first body because like a fan asked him for an autograph and everyone was like, what? Like, where's his I kind of thought it was a joke at first. So <laughs> I, I wonder if he's going to rock it the whole year or what, you know, if he's going to keep it, how long he's going to keep it. But that's how I got him up here. And then I also, I had Laughing Kako, which I'll kind of get into a little bit. But I, one I had here on, on here as well, another younger player, it's Keandre Miller because he had a really, really great first year with us. Uh, just some incredible defensive plays. We saw that offensive potential. And then last year he had just kind of an offensive explosion, 43 points in 79 games. And just kind of like, there was a portion there towards the end of the season where I feel like he was like getting like a point every game, like just making great plays, uh, making great passes, just getting the puck to the net, every single opportunity. But the defensive side was a little hindered last year. It wasn't as good kind of as we saw. I wonder how the metrics actually compare uh, but, you know, just the eye test and kind of the plus minus, uh, he did have a better year the year before. So that's why I got him on here. But then, of course, I do have Kako and Laugh as well. Kako uh, uh, being a uh, re- restricted free agent at the end of this season, I think just former, you know, number two overall pick 40 points last year. Did play a full year, but this is this is like make or break for him, right? Like at the end of this year, are we resigning him? Do we have the space to resign him? Do we even want to resign him? So, of course, that's why I have him on here. And then the jersey I got on, we have talked about him so much and just followed him so much through the offseason, just excited to see him get on the ice already, right? Alexi Lafreniere gets that bridge deal, and it, this, is, this is it. Again, just kind of a similar you know, situation to Capo Caco. This is a, you know, not live or die, but like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is your make or break. Like, if he doesn't have a great year, could we be moving him at the deadline? Could we be moving him this offseason to kind of give us the cap space to to keep our veterans in place and you know stay very competitive and, and be that contender from on a yearly basis we'll see but just very excited to see these players touch the ice already like just jonesing shaking in my seat right now and uh it take, we just gotta move on to the next team because like i could ramble on the rangers forever and, I know. you know we could I know. so too, <laughs> we will we'll get over to the yeah. other team in new york here new york islanders and I think the expectations here are, you know, pretty straightforward for a few guys. I would imagine you have similar names to me. But topping that list, uh, Ilya Sorokin, 
just an incredible year last year. We talked about him when we kind of done our preview of goalies for this season. How honestly, I think he he had a case for the Vezina here. Uh, just thirty one and twenty two point nine two four save percentage, two three four goals against. Basically carried him to the playoffs. I mean, if he wasn't there, just playing like a literal brick wall. I don't think we see them secure that last playoff spot. But uh, you know, interesting situation considering kind of how the other teams in the East were playing there towards the end of the season as well. But you know, they made it, and we saw what happened. Uh, another guy up here who needs to play a full year, Matt Barzell. I mean, he's, he's getting 9.15 mil AAV. He just has to stay healthy because we saw so much from him, you know, when he kind of hit the scene just very fast, put up good numbers. He looked awesome. And then he's, you know, we, we kind of talked about it. We, we saw it a little bit on Twitter also this offseason that his production hasn't really been all over the place. Like he is still putting up the numbers, right? But he just doesn't look as good as he did. And so I think there's a lot of pressure on him here to stay healthy and kind of get back to that production that you expect from him and just those flashes of brilliance that he's capable of. And then uh, rounding out my list here, I do have, and kind of a combo, their top D pair, uh, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak. I think that is, yeah, it's not the other way around. Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, yeah. Uh, their top D pair there, got them locked up for a while, and I think they are kind of the engine in that machine. They like to play a defensive style of hockey, and that top pair is is essential to the way that that team functions. So. That's, of course, why I have them there rounding out my list. But uh, interesting to see if you had the same names, or I imagine you might have a couple others as well. So, Yeah, more or less the same. Um, I'm actually surprised you didn't have one name on here, but I'll get I'll get to him last. Uh, yeah, so, of course, Sorokin I have on here. Um, you know, another amazing Russian goaltender just signed a big deal. Um, if he's anything, like we said, anything less than a brick wall or leading the league in shutouts, uh, I think... Islander fans are going to be biting their nails and, and a little concerned, um, which I don't see happening to Sorokin. He's, yeah. he's oh yeah, you know, he he's very skilled. He's very you know he's got a lot of intrinsic stuff um, in his game. Um, I do have Matt Barzell here. It, it's actually crazy to see like consistently with each year he's played, his production's actually consistently gone down. I uh, went up a little bit one season. Like he you know his rookie season incredible, eighty five points, and then he plummeted to sixty two. Then it was 60. Then it was 45. Then he went back up to 59. And then he went back down to 51 with his goals being 22, 18, 19, 17, 15, and 14. So it's weird how he's like kind of just like slowly like kind of falling off and he's only 25. So, you know, maybe it's the way the the defensive structure is. Maybe he can't flourish in certain aspects. I don't know. Who knows? But, but, you know, we will will see. what he can do for the Islanders, I, I think, um, you know, uh, good old, uh, man, why am I forgetting? Lou Lamarello, he, he really likes to pull out the checkbook a little too early sometimes because uh, he's such a giving guy. <laughs> so He did lock down um, a bunch and, of guys long-term. And that, that's like all they did. did this offseason was just yeah, sign but, long-term deals. <laughs> I mean, they have those are who they believe in, right? Those are like the, the pieces, uh, yeah, of, you know, yeah. the pillars of that organization right now. So I guess I see where it's it at, but it's a lot. I I do too, but like nine point one five for Matt Barzell. I, I I'm assuming he gave that to him after his eighty five point season, which makes perfect sense. And then just to be paying someone nine point one mil for them to have their production be less than sixty points is is criminal. So, uh, you know, we'll see if he can step it up for them. Um, and then I have uh, I have Brock Nelson on here as well. Uh, you know, I just think um. I think he's another one on the team. You know, he's close to a point per game player. Uh, you know, he's he, you know, he's 
uh, early thirties. He's really good. We have to keep continue that veteran presence for them, uh, and just like kind of like motivate the rest of the team. And then, of course, I have on here the newly, also highly paid, <laughs> uh, Bo Horvat. Um, recently, recently uh, traded to them, eight point five mil cap hit, seventy points, seventy nine games played last year. Now, the reason I have him on high expectation expectations is because a he did get a, a, a ton of money, and also he was just like Timo Meyer, kind of a little lackluster when he came to the team. You know, not not as great as they kind of expected him, and you know he himself was like, yeah, you know, I got to be better this and that, and that could just be you know new system, new area. Uh, he didn't get to play full season, so that's why I think. If he gets anything less than seventy points uh, next season, then there's going to be there's going to be some issues. But um, yeah, I think they'll finish probably fourth or fifth in the league. Kind of, I don't I don't really see them being any higher. I mean, they maybe they could shoot for the top three, but it seems a little unlikely. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like it's probably going to be between them and the Penguins for that fourth spot in the Metro. And I I think I know you were you were thinking I was going to have Horvat on my list, and I actually. I was. I was literally, like, I was going to put him, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, he had 16 points in the 30 games that he played with the Islanders, uh, you know, when he came over from the trade deadline, and then he had two points in six games in the playoffs, so he gave him about half a point a game, and kind of admitted to the fact that he should have been doing a little bit more, so I guess I didn't really put him on there, because I didn't feel like he was under pressure as much as, like, he is just you kind of know what you're going to get from him. Like, I think he's going to get in there, get a full season with them, and give you exactly what you expect, which is probably more like a point eight per game to like one, even maybe like a point per game, but it's hard to do with the Islanders. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of why I, I didn't have him on there, but definitely was a consideration. And when you said that, I right away, I was like, oh, he's talking about Bo Horvat. Like, I, but <laughs> yeah, they're de- I don't really see them getting in the top three in the Metro. I just, I, I think they'd be hard-pressed too. We'd have to see one of uh you know the canes the devils or us the rangers they're collapsing for that to happen but i I just don't really see that happening yeah no that's fair um moving on to the pittsburgh penguins we finished fifth in metropolitan 40 wins which is brutal for a dynasty such as the pittsburgh penguins but it's been it's been coming uh 31 losses for 91 points now we've talked about in the past um you know, once once Crosby and Latang and, and Malkin kind of hang up the skates, which I'm sure they would all do kind of around the same time, uh, that's when they're definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be nuking the team, hitting the abandoned ship button, and uh, doing a full on rebuild. But until then, uh, they're gonna they're gonna go for it. <laughs> they're gonna try their best right here, which is why. Number one highest expectation I have on here is Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they they ripped him out of San Jose and brought him here. Now, of course, I think you're delusional if you expect him to get another 100-point season as a defenseman. I think anywhere from 60 to 70 points, especially since he has to share power play time with Chris Letang, who's another offensive defenseman and is already part of their system. Um, it, it doesn't hurt to have Carlson, I think. I mean, his defensive metrics aren't awesome. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. So I have him and then right next to him, I have Tristan Jari who, you know, they gave him money and they really think he, you know, if he can stay healthy, that he's going to be the, he's going to be the goaltender for them, you know, and, uh, they need a solid goaltender because their stars are old, even though they're still great and they're still point per game players. It's just, they can't get back defensively as, as much as they used to. 
So they're going to need that help in the back end. And uh, God, I feel like Carlson's not the best for that. Um, I think I think their approach is to, like an Edmonton Oilers approach: outscore your problems, which yeah. <laughs> is kind of tough. Which is kind of tough with uh, an aging, a very uh, rapidly aged uh, core. Which leads me to the last three I have on here, which is of course Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. You know they always have the highest expectations going into the each season, um, no matter what anybody says. So, yeah, not too much to say about Pittsburgh. I think they'll probably finish. They're they're going to be battling for that wild card spot to like try and get back in the playoffs since they, you know they lost their 16 year playoff uh, streak, which is crazy. Um, time. Yeah, but I think if you're if you're a Penguins fan, you, you know the writing's on the wall. Unfortunately, you know it's been fun, but uh, you know I'm gonna give it a few one to two more runs and see what happens. Yeah, I mean I actually had the same exact list, like no joke. Just looking at this, <laughs> and uh, you know for all the, the same reasons too. Just looking at Carlson coming off to the hundred one points, ten mil cap hit. They get him in that one of the bigger moves that we saw this off season. So of course he's there on the top of the list, and it'll be interesting to see what their power play looks like. I wonder if they do want to go with two defensemen if they have Carlson as maybe like the slot guy looking for like the slap shot or the pass across ice and then they have Latang up top as the power play, you know kind of like the quarterback of the power play or you know if they go with that one two they have Carlson on the top Latang on the second or the other way around or we'll you know we'll kind of see how they you know work that one out uh of course Tristan Jari there he's had a bit of like a injury history honestly all like the pittsburgh goalies have had a bit of an injury history in the past few years here like we've seen him get hurt um to smith who they traded uh this offseason i think it was in the carlson trade he had a couple injuries i know they had a couple other backups as well whose names i'm totally blanking on because they didn't even really play that much but they i feel like they had just like a goalie carousel in there at some points with just all the injuries they even had Louis Deming playing against us at one point. I don't think it was in the playoffs. I think we had Deming when we played them in the playoffs, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, it's been a bit of a goalie circus there. So can Jari stay healthy and give them consistent minutes? It'll be really important to their success. And then, of course, the veterans there. You know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. That, that's, that's about all there is to it with them. You know, we, we know what they're going to give you. And at this point, they really only have another couple of years, if that, to get the most out of them. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine that they're much more competitive than that that last wild card spot. If they do end up in that spot, it's gonna to be tough for them to battle it out with the Islanders there. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the fans know that, you know, moderate expectations, which is not fun, but True. What are you gonna do? I guess um yeah. Which moves on to the uh good old Washington Capitals, finished sixth last year. In the Metropolitan, 35 wins, 37 losses for 80 points. Now, this team is on uh, crutches. This team is yeah. <laughs> is on crutches. And I think everyone from the front office to the fans know that right now the only thing, the only goal you know, the, of, this, of this franchise now, they're like, oh, another cup. Yeah, okay. Um, I think their goal is just for, to push Ovechkin to beat, uh, Gretzky's all-time goals, 894. Yeah. Um, which, uh, which with if he can keep the same pace, uh, I think he can do it either, probably in two seasons. Yeah, probably it'd be if like he around can, the next year. Forty end of next year if he can hit that. Yeah. So, so I have on here, Alex Ovechkin, highest expectations to break that record. I mean, he's 38. Um, 
you know, last season though he had 75, 75 points in 73 games, 42 goals, which is incredible at 38 years old. Uh, still a point per game, averaging 20 minutes of ice time at his age. Uh, absolutely nuts. Um, I have Dylan Strom on here also just because he's another offensive force for them that's really going to help Crosby. Uh, Crosby, I'm so sorry. Ovechkin. Really going to help Ovechkin, uh, you know, um, in terms of achieving his uh, achieving his goal. Um, you know, he's another big name for them. Uh, I have uh, Backstrom on here, Nic- uh, Nicholas Black- Backstrom. He's going to play on a line with Cros- uh, Ovechkin. Jesus, I don't want to keep doing that. Ovechkin's uh, that line, yeah, most likely. Um, you know, he's not like any crazy point production. I think he's more just kind of like that offensive uh, force to help create space for Ovechkin. It's just like everybody pushing Ovechkin to that goal. And then um, I have on here uh, Tom Wilson, of course. Uh, he... You know, I'm not going to make it uh, unknown. I'm not a a fan of Tom Wilson. I don't think he. I have no problem in saying um, I I don't think he's a a good hockey player. Uh, he's just kind of like a big oaf. Um, he's he, he's barely put up f- uh, fifty points in his career. I think I think his high was like fifty something. You know, he just goes out there and like tries to kill people. Um, put on these big hits, this and that. You know, I hear people say all the time, oh, if he was on your team, you would like him. No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Um, especially not giving him 5 million AAV. Uh, 5, 5.1 AAV just doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, yeah, I just have him on there because, you know, he's the big enforcer for them. He's another big uh, face for the Washington franchise. And also, he just got a big contract. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, and I don't like Tom Wilson either. I, no surprise, especially as Rangers fans. I mean, I wouldn't imagine there's a Rangers fan out there that likes him. But yeah. I had a pretty similar list. Um, I didn't have as many guys just because I... It's, like, kind of weird to say this about the Caps, but I don't really think there's that high of an expectation. I mean, like you said, it, most of the goal is just to kind of get OV over that hump. And really, yeah. that's there's not much else to it. You know, they're going to be competitive. They're going to try and compete and be that last, you know, that kind of wild card fringe team. and. It's honestly where they're going to finish, probably on the outside looking in, if I imagine. But uh, I do have Ovi there, of course, topping the list. You know, 72 short, 72 goals short of tying Gretzky, of course, 73 goals short of breaking that record, being the highest goal scorer in the NHL history. They're just incredible. I mean, he does like a lot of these goals he scores are the same shot from the same exact spot, and you literally just can't stop him. And I think yeah. that he's also kind of a dying breed of a power forward. You don't see as many power forwards now in the league. It's a lot more of like those uh, skilled guys, those fast guys, those uh, agile guys, right? You don't see these big guys who know how to use their body as much. And when you do, you see them be largely successful for the most point, right? You know, so that that's kind mm-hmm. of a very successful archetype. And he's been doing it. He is one of the best, you know, two-way kind of power forwards that we've seen play the game in a long time. So, of course, he's there on the top of the list. And then his buddy, Nicholas Backstrom, that connection they've had there for years, you know, if the both of them can stay healthy, they're going to put up some pretty good numbers. I would imagine Backstrom's going to have a ton of assists just getting it to OV for some slap shots and especially on the power play. So uh, interestingly, though, I didn't even want to put Tom Wilson on there just because I just do not like him. And I think it's hard to expect much more from him than just that kind of enforcer thug-like presence, honestly. So uh, the last guy I had on here was Darcy Kemper. You know, they have a very old defensive lineup. I think the youngest person on their defense was like 26 or something i mean there might have been one that was like 22 or 24 but a large portion of their defense is above 30 i think honestly like 31 32 33 so 
they're not young guys that are going to be flying back there and, and making those last minute plays as often as you'd like them to. And we saw Darcy Kemper put up some pretty good numbers last year. I mean, he did have five shutouts. He had a 9.08 save percentage and a 2.87 goals against. He was 22 and 26, but the Caps weren't as good last year as we've seen them be historically. And they did end up uh, getting rid of Peter Laviolette as their head coach in there. So, yeah, other than those three, I don't really have too much expectations for the Caps. And like I said, I would imagine that they're a fringe team there looking, you know, on the outside looking in in terms of that last mm-hmm. playoff spot there. But kind of leads us to yeah. another team here in the Metro that is definitely going to be on the outside looking in, the Philadelphia Flyers, who just... I mean, I don't know about you. I don't even really have a ton of expectations for this organization or really any of their players. But, you know, of course, we're doing this. So there are expectations there for any professional sports team, you know. Uh, top of the list, I do have Travis Konechny, 61 points in 60 games. And, you know, he's kind of their top offensive production guy, right? He does have an un- mm-hmm. undisclosed injury right now, and he's had a history of injuries. At, you know, looking at last season, he missed 22 games. So if he could play a full season, uh, even if he doesn't, he, he is a key part of their offense and just the structure of that team in general. So got to stay healthy. Uh, Carter Hart, I have on here as well, because there's just always that potential. Like they just expect so much from him because he was just so highly touted coming out of the draft. And we've just really haven't seen much of that. You know, we've seen a lot of lackluster play, a lot of inconsistency, not the best defensive, you know, front in front of him, not even the best lineup in front of him. So it's hard to blame all of that on him, but I do have him on here. Uh, I also have another young guy here, Cam York, who was drafted a couple years ago, a young defenseman, 20 points uh, in 54 games last year. So is he going to be the future there, in, you know, to kind of be a top defensive presence there? I know he has a lot of, up, you know, offensive upside. So just expect to see him um, kind of a, a shining light on this in this roster that really doesn't have a lot of hope elsewhere. And yeah, I think the only other guy I have on here is Travis Sanheim, just because he is a veteran defenseman there just anchoring that top pair other than that uh, it's uh i would imagine you're probably in a similar spot here just not expecting too much from this team this season yeah 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 i'm about the same you know carter hart also just you know expected to be that stonewall for them which you know sometimes he is sometimes he isn't but yeah, he doesn't have the best structure in, in front of him uh and then just some other offensive forces like owen Tippett and uh cam uh at uh atkinson uh, you know, it's a team that's missing a lot, a lot of pieces. It's a team that's missing some leadership, drive. Um, you know, I'm not gonna say competitiveness. Of course, they're competitive. They're a hockey team. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it's just an unfortunate situation for the franchise because they're not really in a rebuild, but you know, they're kind of starting one. I mean, they have the highly touted uh, Matt Vimichkov eventually will come over to the team and see if he can light a fire under them, but that is only one player. Um, I do think it's funny that they have Mark Stahl for a season. Yeah. Rangers, he's Rangers he's be playing a lot there. of minutes there, probably. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately for any Flyers fans listening here, uh, just going to transition into the final team because there's just not too much to say and i think you would agree um yeah which, for this last team also this is a similar situation yeah, last we team. have in every division here once you get to the bottom there's really not too much to expect so yeah we'll it, it, go ahead and start with the, the last yeah. team there the uh good old columbus blue jackets who got lucky in the draft this year that anaheim for some reason did not take adam fantelli and he's looked absolutely exciting and incredible in his prospect games um, you know, they finished, uh, last in the Metro, only 25 wins with a massive 48 losses, uh, a franchise that has been 
struggling for some time now with some ups and downs here and there, but uh, they got some good pieces, you know. Uh, they got uh, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau on here, Patrick Laine, uh Boone Jenner, and Adam Fantelli are my picks. Um, you know, Johnny Goudreau, he had 100 points before. He's a very skilled player. Um, you know, he, he, he was a little lackluster um, as soon as he got to Columbus, as much as, as better as he should have been. Um, Patrick Laine is very hot and cold. Um, he's either got the, the best shot you've seen in an incredible drive, or he's just kind of, you know, kind of puffing along out there. Uh, Boone Jenner, just because, you know, the veteran presence and the captain, especially now, I also put him on here because of uh, the whole uh, Babcock situation. I mean, he yeah. spoke for the team almost as to say, like, oh, you know, it wasn't a really big deal. But then, you know, it came back as a big deal and he had to step down. So, you know, there could be some dysfunction in the locker room. You know, there could be, oh, you're you're our captain and, you know, you didn't really stick up for us or, you know, the thing, it's hard to know because we don't have all the details to the Babcock situation. True. Um. And then, of course, Adam Fantelli, if, um, which I'm assuming he will play a decent amount. Um, you know, very highly touted uh, draft pick. And uh, he's so far very exciting to see play. Uh, we'll see. You know, the NHL is an incredibly tough league. You know, he could get stomped into the ground. Let's hope not. Um, but I think there's some silver lining for Columbus Blue Jacket fans. Yeah, I do have to agree that there's a, it looks a little better for Columbus than compared to some of the other teams that are kind of at the bottom of the divisions here. The Metro is, I think, probably the hardest division in hockey. Uh, and it's tough that we're in it, right? We got to deal with this every year. Uh, you could probably make the case yeah. actually now that the Penguins aren't as good as they've been historically and that the Islanders are kind of teetering a little bit. And, you know, we're looking at the Blue Jackets at the bottom here. Maybe there's a better division out there, but I do think the Metro is if not the hardest, probably the second hardest division there is in hockey, right? So I had pretty similar list here. I did have Johnny Gaudreau, uh, 74 points in 80 games last year. And you just expect a little bit more from him. It was, it was disappointing, honestly. He, it's weird to say that 74 points is disappointing, but you just expect so much more. Like That was a big move for him going over there. That was after the you know 100-plus point season that he had in Calgary, just blowing it up there. And then he goes to the Blue Jackets, and he's just not as good. So... He's right there. He's going to be a huge key to their success. I also did have Patrick Laine. Um, We just got to see him stay healthy is a big part, too. I mean, he only played 55 games last year, and he's had he's caught the injury bug a couple times here in his young career. And like you were saying, that attitude's a bit of a problem. So hopefully you see him a little bit more mature this year. Uh, the new head coach is actually, he was in charge of the power play. So I would imagine that he probably has a bit, like, you know, a, a good relationship here with Laine, who's going to be a key piece in that power play there. So got him there for you know of course another guy who's really got you know the injury about big last year only played 13 games last year uh zach Wierenski, just playing on that top you know that top d pair there he did have eight points in those 13 games last year so he has a ton of uh you know offensive upside and he's also going to give you great defensive minutes i have always loved watching him play he's one of my favorite non-rangers players in the league so it was sad to see him hurt for so much of last year and then I have a little bit of a combo, uh, two defensemen they acquired this offseason who I think are going to kind of solidify a very, very poor defensive structure in the, in the past couple of years here. So they brought in Ivan Provorov. Uh, they did trade a couple, uh, at, at least a first and second round pick for him. And then they also traded a third round pick for Damon Severson and then signed him to a uh, 6.25 mil contract until 2032. So hefty contract there. But yeah. I think just two, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good, pretty solid 
veteran defensemen and them, Zach Wernski, some of the, the younger defensemen they have there kind of have to come together and, and be a really solid force for there. They really need to see in, increased defensive numbers, especially in front of Merzlikens there. So yeah, with all that being said, like there's a, li- a lot more hope. And you know, I didn't have Fantilli on here just because I don't know how much he's going to play. This is the one thing I'm wondering. I mean, he's 18 mm-hmm. and you know, you, you see players like Bedard come in here at 18 and, and perform, right? It's not unusual. I just don't know. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they want to throw him in there. If you if you check out their depth chart, I think they have him on like the third line right now, supposedly. So we'll see. I, yeah. I would imagine he plays this season. It's just about how much. Like, do they do they bounce him up and down between the NHL and the AHL here and there? Do they do they just give him a long streak here in the NHL, see how he performs, and then if he doesn't, they just leave him to kind of sit and develop in the AHL. Do they send him to the juniors, college? You know, whatever. We'll see. But yeah, uh, even with there being more hope in Columbus. I still don't see them really doing much. They're definitely going to be out on the outside looking in. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up like in the sixth spot, like if they're able to just kind of top the flyers and the caps there and then maybe battle yeah. with yeah, well, yeah. right. Like maybe yeah. battle for the fifth spot. I, again, I don't, I don't yeah. think, I think so. they might, I think they might top the capitals and the, uh, and the flyers. I yeah. Do. Oh, for, I yeah. That, I think definitely there. I think they would have a much harder time and I really don't see them being able to top either the penguins or the Islanders. So, They'll probably end up in that sixth spot there in the Metro. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. So that uh, that wraps up the uh, Metropolitan Division. A lot to talk about because, you know, uh, crazy, crazy tough division, which next week is also a crazy tough division, the Atlantic Division, which we'll cover in depth finally, which will lead us right into the uh, pretty much the start of the season which is very uh, exciting. And uh, we've said before, and we'll put out tweets and announcements too, that we're going to be shifting to uh, two episodes a week. So more content for you guys, of course. Uh, planning to have them released Monday and Friday. So you have the start of the week and end of the week to enjoy your favorite show, of course. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and we're going to go from there. Maybe we'll do three a week, depending on schedules, depending on how much uh, everybody here likes listening to it. Um, you know. Definitely be sure to hit us up on the email or even, or on Twitter or X. Um, you know, just give us feedback, ideas, whatever you think. But, uh, you know, Metropolitan Division, you know, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, not just besides that we're Rangers fans, but, you know, it's a very gritty, tough, uh, rich, history-rooted division. Um, and I think, uh, I, I think it's going to really determine the East heavily for the playoffs coming up. And uh, there's a lot of great players in this division that have a lot to prove, uh, a lot to get back to. Um, but yeah, those are just uh, those are just my closing thoughts. Yeah, and honestly, I couldn't have said it better. The Metro is just such an incredible division in the NHL. I I think we're going to see a lot of great hockey. We're going to see a lot of awesome moments, and I just can't wait. Um, especially excited, like you were mentioning, you know, switching over to getting a couple episodes there when the season does start, and we'll definitely keep you guys posted on all of that. Uh, for now, we will still be Tuesdays. Uh, you change it to midnight, right? So it'll be out Tuesday, uh, Monday yes. night at midnight. So I mean, technically Tuesday, yes. but Monday night at midnight. So on your morning commute, yeah. you know, you'll wake up, you'll have it there. If you want it on your morning commute, your afternoon commute, your lunchtime break, whatever it is, make sure to check in, tune in, and uh, you know, we'll we'll keep bringing them to you. And just excited to keep it rolling. Excited to get another one in the books here. And uh, let's go Rangers, baby. Yeah, yeah. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week and follow, and I hope you're as excited as we are. So thank you. (laughs) 